booty. Okay, well, I told you not to look at that until I told you. Oh. <laughs> God. John. Sorry, I didn't know I was supposed to look at the booty. <laughs> I told you, no, look at the bottle until I tell you. Well, all I saw was booty. I had, that's all I saw. So. Follows instructions. <laughs> Unsatisfactory. I didn't see anything. I just, I just, <clears throat> it was just a quick glance. Am I allowed to taste it? Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and talk about it. <clears throat> Since we're not really doing uh, our, our, the after show thing was uh, short lived. Short lived? Is it short lived or short lived? I, I thought we'd still have an it, after show. No, I, I like it. It's just that we're, while I'm in kind of this busy season here, um, we just don't have time. We got to jam it all together. So this is, um, from Prairie, Prairie Artisan Ales out of uh, Oklahoma. Interesting. And this is a special beer because they made one barrel of this and they made it just for us. For who? What's that beer called? But just for who? What's the beer called? Read, read the label. FBG Booty. So FBG is Frisco Beer Guys. Oh, so nice. they, made, they made one barrel for us. And it's called Booty, B-O-O-T-Y, because it's, um, it's rum barrel age, right? So it's like, you know, the, the pirate booty or whatever. Pure stout aged in rum barrels with vanilla, coconut, and cacao nibs. Yep. <laughs> I don't do the cacao as well as you do. Speaking of that, speaking of cacao, I had a beer. I think it's either Alpine or Green Flash. I can't remember which is, but they, they have a beer called Cacao at a C-A-C-O-W. <laughs> and it's, it's a milk stout. <clears throat> Obviously. I had that last night. Anyway. What do you think of this beer, John? It's good. It's like 13%. It's, it's Jesus, rich, man. huh? Well, you only got a half a glass or a half, half a bottle, so... This is this is since we're mixing the after show. Jeremy and I have a have a date night coming up tonight, not with each other, but with our significant others. Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna go t- hang out with Garrett Oliver, who is the uh, fairly I mean, one of the most famous brewers in the country uh, from Brooklyn Brewery. So he's gonna come chat with us. We're gonna drink. He's gonna pour some of his uh, special beers. Yeah, it's a whole dinner food. thing. We get to pair meals or what? It, what? It, not meals. Um, yeah, food. Yeah, pair food with beer. That'll be our second celebrity run-in for the day. The first was a little bit earlier at lunch. I didn't. I didn't see him. You didn't see him? No. I, did you hear Jay and I talking about him? I heard. Well, I heard you guys talking about him. Then I was like, well, "You had left. You'd walked away." But I, I said, "Hey, do you recognize this guy?" And he's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I swear, he's like a defensive back in the NFL." And but yeah, so it was. Um, uh, should we say it? Should yeah. Say why not? He was rude. Yeah. It's like <laughs> this is not going to. I don't think it's, it's. I don't think our podcast is going to get back to him. <laughs> um. Uh, who, uh, who, uh, what is his name? Brandon Carr. Brandon Carr, yeah. Which he got, you know, he got traded. I think he got traded. He, he played at Dallas for forever and then got traded to the Ravens uh, for the last season. I just want to know what he's doing back in Dallas. Just hanging out, having some lunch. That's what he said he was doing. At least yeah. according to uh, our buddy who, <laughs> who left and then went back to, to, I don't know, to what? Ask him, introduce himself, what? I don't know. Yeah, he was. This is what happens though when you uh, when you're hanging out at this at the star right here oh, yeah. at the Dallas it's, Cowboys. Get to hang, well, it's, it's, hobnob with it's, celebrities. It's, yeah, it's not just and drive Lincoln's <clears throat> right, Lincoln's. Yeah, right. <clears throat> it's not just football players either. It's it's all the things that come along with that. So it's TV and media people and famous people that are just trying to hang out and whatever. I mean, I'm trying to do so many people. It's kind of interesting. You run into more people than I do. Well, because I get out of the house every once in a while. Yeah, I don't you sir do often. not. I don't run into too many celebrities. When I was younger, I ran into OJ Simpson, but I didn't know who OJ Simpson oh, was. That's, that's the last person you want to run into. <laughs> you, <laughs> this was before all. Run that. away, John. If you he see was, him, he was run at run a mall, and and I remember <laughs> looking at seeing this guy. I go, I recognize that guy from somewhere. And then I I moved on. I walked away. There was like a bunch of people surrounding him. And then 
And then later on, I found out it was OJ Simpson. You didn't, what do you mean later you found out? Oh, I couldn't really see him all that well. I just saw there's a bunch of people around him. And mm-hmm. so I, I dismissed it as some anomaly yeah. until I realized it was OJ Simpson. So. By the way, I apologize in advance if I cleared my throat a lot and I'm still getting over this cold. Well, we better get started because yeah. this is the John show and I don't want Jeremy to, to, you know, give me a bad rating or a bad review on iTunes. I got an email this morning I did want to ask you about before we get into the thick of your show. Which is, uh, I didn't know this was still an option, but I guess it is. I got an email from Salesforce saying, hey, your, your certification expired, uh, but you can trans, uh, what is it, translate, transfer, transform, convert, whatever, to... You can build a process builder to, sales, to, uh, yeah. to workflow your, your current certification to the new certification right. into a trailhead badge. No, it's, um, I, can, I, can t- I guess it's a shortcut test, but <coughs> excuse me, to become a Salesforce certified platform app builder. That's th- three words. That's five five words. Wow, that's that must be good. It's like it's like um, what's the um, the French whiskey? Um, French whiskey. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, cognac. Oh, okay. Um, it's like the more you know. I I guess I'm not a cognac expert, but if I'm you want to, like the 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 shortcut guide is how many ever because there's always like a code after the with the name and the more letters in the code, like the better it is. Like there's like VS VSOP and Huh. Yeah. So anyway, Something like usually the more letters, the better. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm going to say that's the way it works with uh, Salesforce certifications. The more words in it, the better. So this is a five-word certification. It's going to be pretty good. I, and I was just wondering, John, should I, should I do this? Because I don't have any certificate. I've, I've let my certification, my career of certifications is now uh, defunct. <laughs> you should. You should get them all. You should get all the badges and all the certifications if you want to continue your career as a Salesforce wonder, employee. Or not a Salesforce employee. The Salesforce developer. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It, it just, can't hurt. The, I mean, no, it can't hurt. So, but uh, even is, if the certification doesn't mean anything, at least you're kind of just, it's, it's an opportunity to learn something that maybe you don't do all the time or something you've never touched before, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's an exposure. I know. And there's benefits and, and, you know, well, I'm not, not that the, we're not going to rehash any of this. I mean, there's, there's benefits and they can be good. And some people, you know, take good advantage of that. And that's, that's fine. Um, but for me, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure it could do me some good. It, it, you know, any any opportunity you have to increase your luck surface area, you know, is always mm-hmm. a good thing. But at some point, these things get out of control, and it's like, even just having one certification, man, that's like three times a year. You got to take tests, and you got to pay. You got to keep paying Salesforce money. Like, like, well, they do need money actually, unfortunately, because they spend <laughs> so much money. But I'm like, God, I feel like, you know, Daddy Benioff just wants so much of my money and I see how he's rolling. I'm like, damn, I got to keep paying you all this just to, just to <laughs> sit at the table? Jesus Christ. Uh, oh. I think you've done pretty well without the certs. I, I think I know, your well, experience speaks well for but you. But, I, but, I think but sometimes that, I feel a little naked. I'm like, God, I'm, the, I'm like one of the few people that just doesn't do the cert game anymore. I know. Did I, did I tell you about the time I was doing a presentation at Dreamforce? And um, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this. I had to have mentioned it before, but... Um, I was on a panel of people to talk about a, a topic. I think it was like managing big data in Salesforce or something. And everyone else on the panel had like 10 different certifications. So they had like their, their whenever they put their name on the slide, they had just like tons of those icons. And I had yeah. one. Yeah. And I, I remember the you guy. such a schmuck. Well, no, I remember the guy coordinating the whole presentation thing. He goes, yeah, maybe we should not do the, the, the icon thing. It looks so bad. <laughs> and I think that was mainly because of me because I had one. This is why... This is why it's better to have no certifications because then the, they'll be like, oh, well, they didn't, he forgot to sit, submit his certification data. They don't know which ones he had. So that's why he didn't have any listed under his name. Oh, yeah. yeah. See? 
<laughs> you get it because that's what I'm saying. As soon as you start, it's a slippery slope. Well, they dumbed it down for you. You get one, and then next thing you know, it's like you got to get all these other ones because if not, you, you know, you, you either got to get in the rat race or not. I'm, yeah. just, I'm inclined to stay out of it. I don't know. I thought it was funny. I, I will say I was a and, and tiny bit embarrassed when I saw the presentation and saw my name with one little icon and everyone else had like 10. I was slightly embarrassed. I will say that. It's not like this is new, but you know, the, the, these certifications are getting gamed more and more. Well, that makes them fun. It make, it, 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 uh, it, no, I'm not saying well, gamified. They're getting well, <laughs> gamed. There's a difference. Here's the, well, I don't know. So, so the badge thing we've talked to before is, is, is gamifying training. And that game of gamification is an incentive. It, it's it's a psychological incentive. Um, yeah, it hasn't gamification kind of peaked though. Well, it has, yeah. but um, I mean that that was that's kind of like 2016. I'm it? not. It's a it's a very poor argument to segue into Benioff's comments on regulating social media, but um, I won't go there yet. I have another topic I want to get to before I get to that. Okay. Um, you have your clips ready? I, since I'm doing the show, you have to be ready with clips. Okay, so where'd you put them? In the podcast folder? Well, no, not that clip. I just mean your regular clips. That clip will come next. Well, where is that one? Just so I can be prepped. Uh, Dropbox, podcast, yeah. uh, show clips. Okay. Uh, this one will be Benioff Regulation Social is the, is the wave. Social? Social. Let's get social. Social. Social media. Does, I'm, I'm available. Let's get social. Social. <laughs> I was about to, to pimp myself out and say I'm available for bar mitzvahs, birthday parties, uh, yeah. graduation ceremonies, weddings. Listen, if I can't even get Salesforce work through this podcast, you're not going to get any uh, singing gigs, okay? <laughs> That's a <the> rule. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, so let's see what you can do with this. Let's All see right. how ready you are. Okay. You may soon, this is the title of this, this article, you may soon be able to send human Ubers as your surrogate. Let, let's, let's see what Jeremy comes up with. I'm the Uber of humans, bitch. <laughs> so we finally, full circle, have a human of Ubers. An Uber of humans? Or An Uber hu of humans. Okay. A human uh, of Ubers is a different thing. A human of Ubers. <laughs> <laughs> Get to ride humans. <laughs> <sighs> this is actually hey, there's a price for everything right <laughs> okay I, I feel like i'm going to use the word actually way too much so yeah. if i say actually again ding me um so this is a very interesting concept uh it almost seems natural to come up with this concept but apparently someone's doing this it's a chameleon mask it's a telepresence system and what it is is basically a surrogate wears an ipad or some kind of tablet on their face and I, I'm assuming there's some goggles because I see the goggles. So I'm assuming the goggles is attached to cameras that lets that person see. But essentially, they're walking around with your face on their face. And they will go to a meeting. They will go where you want to go. And they will sit in whatever room you need to sit in. And you are your your video is playing on that tablet. And so you are virtually there. Mm. I mean, that'll be good work for a few years until the robots take over. And true, they can do it for you. So, sure. Would you ever use that? Yeah. No. I don't even like the thing. What do they call the things where, uh, for well, people? That's, that's the thing. I mean, the video conferencing, is that what you're going for? Yeah. Like, it's like, so in offices where a good percentage of people are work remotely, they'll have the robot that just walks around and sits in meetings. And so they can just, they can see what's going on and feel like they're kind of at the office. Well, it, it is, it does, I think it can lend itself to a better experience because you, someone is, 
you're sitting or you're sitting as if you're sitting in that room and you can see expressions and someone can turn and see who's talking and they'll uh, obviously they'll have to kind of keep pace with everything that's going on and turn to whoever's talking so you can see them. Um, and, and your expression will come through and it feels like you're, they're talking to someone. So I think the experience is much more natural than it's say just a big video screen on the back wall yeah. of people. Yeah. I, I think I think it's gimmicky, but whatever. You think it's gimmicky? Yes. I think it's awesome. Okay. I think it's an awesome idea. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> probably super expensive. The thing probably breaks all the time. You know? Well, if it's Uber style, meaning, you know, you just hire someone who's got some free time to go and sit in a meeting and wear an iPad on their face for an hour, and it's 10, 15 bucks to sit in a room, room where you can feel like you're part of the conversation. You know, they, they talk about how the unemployment rate is so good now, but that's because everyone that's in this bogus gig economy does not get counted as unemployed. And these people are painfully underemployed. I mean, well, they're, they can get they're sitting in a meeting room with an iPad strapped to their face because they can't get a real job. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, what if what if you could just get paid? I don't know, fifty bucks an hour to go sit in a room somewhere with an iPad on your face. Well, I mean, if you can get consistent work, that's actually probably for a lot of people is you know pretty pretty good, right? It might be. Plus, you get exposure to those conversations. I mean, I think that's the other that's the that's the other side of this that I want to explore is is okay. Now you have some random person who randomly is off the street saying, "Yeah, I'll wear your your face on my face," and now they're inside a conference room, uh, privy to right. conversation. I mean, there's a. Lot, I, I guess we're actually having a serious conversation about this. I, well, I I wanted to turn a funny conversation into a serious conversation about you know. Security, uh, NDAs, all those kind of things. I mean, there, there's a whole world of things to explore when we talk about having virtual people, even if it is, is a robot. I mean, just having some something that you can't control, someone that you can't sue with, with a legal document in a room. And I think for most companies, that it wouldn't work just because of privacy, right? I think so. I think it's the bigger problem. I like the idea of it. I like the idea of being able to kind of wear, be someone else or have someone else be me. Especially like some dude with like big muscles. I like in the booty, John. I like the booty. Someone with big muscles wearing my face, so I look all buff in a meeting. <laughs> uh, you're just setting people up for disappointment, though. <laughs> you, know? you got to temp- tamper the expectations. No, I got to temper. 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 I got to put my best foot forward. All right, so that's enough of that. Uh, let's see. All right, so I want to talk about the whole Benioff thing. I, I know last time we talked, you had said you did some searching. You didn't really see much on the comments. And I, I think, to your point, Trump kind of overshadowed all that kind of stuff. I mean, and in fact, in, in this interview that I, that I kind of pulled some clips from for us to share, um, they talked about that because it was pre-Trump showing up to talk at Davos. Davos? Davos? Davos. Davos. Yeah. Um, and so... I do think that that kind of overshadowed it, but now that that's kind of calmed down a bit, people are starting to talk really? about it. So okay. there's a number of sources. Um, CNBC asked them about it. Uh, the like information recently, recently? yeah, recently, okay. and the information did a not only a blog post on the topic of the whole t- why they kind of why they're using tobacco industry as an anal- as an anal- analogy. analogy. Yeah. I kept saying, I want to say analogy, analogy, <clears throat> and um, they also did a podcast episode on it. So I'm starting to see more and more stuff about people it. taking that seriously. Or are they uh, no, no? Okay, that's <laughs> that's kind of it. I mean, they're they're not taking it. seriously. I, I feel like Benioff did not properly vet this with the communication and PR 
people before he went on. Well, I think the analogy fell very short in terms of making the point he was trying to make. And I think in general, I mean, we're talking about tech journalists, you know. Well, he's becoming known for this. I mean, it was, you know, the Microsoft and LinkedIn thing, just whining to regulators. Like well, the, he, the, keeps, he keeps running to regulators and politicians trying to get them to, well, because people trust someone too much or whatever. I mean, uh, it's just... It, well, I don't want... He, 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 had, he didn't fully bake his thought. Well, before okay, he, so let's, let's take a break. Let's play the clip because what I didn't want to do was talk about it and take his words out of context. Uh, yeah, so I right, thought we okay. could play his words from this interview with on CNBC. I'd rather just pretend uh, like we know what he said and then, and then criticize that. <laughs> All right, which one is this? Uh, Benioff, Regulation Social. Okay, let's see if this works. You also said something that got a lot of attention uh, around here and on the air, which is uh, the idea of regulation and, and technology companies and this idea that you think Washington is coming. Well, I just think that we're the same industry as every other industry. And you, you can see in financial services, the government has involved consumer product goods, food, technology. The government is going to have to be involved. But that, that's, and of course, those are for people. Those are all safety things. You know, yeah. So maybe maybe he'll make a case here. I, I, I did pause it. Um, maybe no. he'll, maybe he'll make a case how this is actually a safety thing. You know, um, to protect people. I don't know. But you say they have to be. Should they be? Meaning, the, the, so far the technology industry has managed to fend off the government in terms of regulation. There, there is some regulation, but there probably will have to be more. You you can see use cases that are happening where. You're going to want more regulation. Spoken like a true software guy. What do you yeah. see? Well, you, you've seen like this kind of situation where elections are being manipulated by outside forces. Oh, God. That's probably an opportunity for the government to look at and that. And so, okay. D- didn't that basically get proven to be bogus? I think it got, I think that mud, that water is muddy. I've seen a lot of different articles that, that say it's bogus, but then I've seen plenty of other articles that say it wasn't bogus, but it was for the other side, not the side people were thinking it was yeah, for. Okay. It was It was just kind of this weird thing, and I don't fully understand yeah, it. So either, okay. So effectively, we're talking about Facebook now. <laughs> How would you regulate a Facebook? Well, I think you'd do it exactly the same way that you regulated the Cigarette industry. Exactly the you know, same. Here, here's a product. No oh, different. Hold on, hold on. Exactly the same way. Well, I want, I want to pay attention to this. So we're going we're gonna to put a, a, a box at the top of the Facebook logins page that says, Surgeon General's Warning. This product may cause cancer and do not, do not use it if you're well, you, weak in the immune system, if you're pregnant. That's not a joke because that is happening, but with uh, uh, news outlets on YouTube that are now having to post a dis- that YouTube is actively posting a disclaimer on the bottom about who funds that news organization. Yeah. And so I think recently PBS had problems with it because it made it makes it seem like the US government fully funds them which they do not. No, they don't. And so that disclaimer they feel PBS feels like they have to educate the public and say, "Yeah, we get some money, but it's not it's not how we it's not no, how the, we make our the money." The truth is PBS is funded by mainly by big pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> <laughs> so they so they get to stay out of the news. Either way, I mean, I mean this kind of stuff is happening. And and uh, don't get me wrong, like Facebook is totally bad for your health. I'm not arguing against that. Well, well, let the clip play on because I want right. to pay attention Cigarettes, to these words. It, they're addictive, you know. They're not good for you. Maybe there's all kinds of different forces trying to get you to do certain things. There, there's a lot of parallels. So I, I think those those are the words that's important. He he's he's making the argument that they're addictive, and I think that's the 
the analogy he's trying to make with cigarettes is the cigarettes are addictive and that the cigarette industry used deceptive practices to get people to use cigarettes like targeting kids and, you know, um, lobbying against reports that said these things cause cancer, those kind of things. Um, the first part where he said to where he brought politics in it, I think ruined his analogy because I think very much so he could he could have made the analogy and talked about the addictiveness and how we should regulate that because we do regulate um, gambling. Yeah. And for the sole purpose of its addictive behavior, the, the, the practices, the unfair practices where it favors the gambling industry over the individual, I think that case could be made for social media. The, their practices, their psychological practices that, that are geared towards addictive behavior, and thus that could be a way to kind of introduce or set precedents for regulation in that industry. But they didn't. He went for this tobacco thing, and a lot of people latched onto that, but I think it's not it's not resonating. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, what's I mean, what do we mean by addictive? I mean, there's a lot. I mean, should we not should we uh, regulate Netflix and uh, True. TV in general? Or I do like to binge shows? Should we regulate you know Snapchat and and just heck texting? I mean, people kill people all the time because they're addicted to texting. Why yeah, is he not I, calling for regulation of that? I guess that is regulated. Yeah. <laughs> well, more and more governments are regular or local, state and local are, are regulating it. Right. Yeah. Which is probably where it should be, right? Or I don't know. Who knows? I'm sure people want it to be federally regulated. Yeah. I mean, not, not to get into that, but I think, I think certain things are much are, I think certain things do belong at the state level and there's certain things that do be, that belong in the federal level and, you know, regulating tech, regulating gambling, it's hard to say. I'm not sure where that those lines are drawn. And I feel like the gambling gambling thing is more of a religious or like moral thing because I mean, look at the stuff you can invest in legally that's just nothing but gambling. Yeah. Like the VIX. I mean, that's been in the news more because of the stock market volatility, but you can literally invest in the VIX. The VIX is just a measure of of like volatility. And you can short it. You can I mean it's just ridiculous. Like this is just straight up gambling. <laughs> but it's completely legal. But I can't go stick a quarter in a slot machine. Well, aren't, aren't your like fantasy league football things regulated as well? Like, can only the pot can only be so big or something before it be, like becomes part uh, of like the gambling like, umbrella? Well, actually, I think you're, there's not allowed to be a an, an official official pot. Yeah, um, yeah. What was the site that do, Fan Kings that was getting in trouble? I think it was a couple Kings, years ago. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Is that how you feel, by the way, about social media? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. yeah. No, meaning it. That's thinking a clip. About it yeah, it is a clip. I got to cut that. Cigarette. In that, in that kind of addictive way, I think that for sure technology has addictive qualities that we have to address, and that product designers are working to make those products more addictive, and we need to rein rein that back as much as so possible. So responsibility, though, of rein it back as much as possible. Wow, it's just so heavy-handed. Again, I, yeah. I, you know, there's only forty. Well, actually, there's a minute left in this, but no. I feel like he hasn't thought through this argument. He's not making a good case yet. Technology companies, or, and you know, this conversation is now morphed into one about technology and children. Last week, obviously, Jana went out and, uh, and Calsters came out against Apple saying they needed to do more. Where's the responsibility lie? Well, nothing I think, more I think that's a perfect question. I mean, no. I, I, I wish I had the name. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to read this blog post to figure out who's doing the interviewing, but I really liked his, um, him pressuring him on these type of questions on who, well, who's, where does the responsibility lie? I mean, you're talking about addictive technology, you're talking about protecting children. Is that the parent's job or is that the government's job? Well, this, yeah, that just gets down to, I think the, 
you know, an ideological uh, argument. Like we, I think that the government should make sure you don't, you're not on Twitter too much. And other people think, well, that's none of my, it's not the government's business how much I'm on Twitter. Yeah. It, you know, what's that kind of like, which side do you fall on? Doesn't it sound, seem like that to you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different when there's a public safety thing or, or like a, like with texting. I mean, if you text and drive, you're going to kill someone that is innocent, that doesn't have any choice whether or not you're texting. I don't know. Makes sense. Um, and like, you know, like you have to buy car insurance. Yeah. You're going to drive a car because not just protect you, protect the person you're going to hit and their, and their property and a, and a loss of their property. Right. So, health and education. You know how I feel about that. Right. I mean, I built two children's hospitals. We're putting tens of million dollars into our little, gotta, little gotta humble brag. That. There, <laughs> gotta drop that schools. in there. <laughs> yeah, I built two uh, two hospitals. Well, <laughs> you're and I, now you're in our zone. I mean, I feel like that. That's where we should be spending all of our attention. We should be focused on where are we getting our kids ready for this fourth <laughs> yeah. industrial the, revolution that is oh, happening. More, the more class Schwab. But the relationship that, that kids, if you will, have with technology. And who's, a huge, who's, a who's, huge who's, issue. But who's supposed to be the monitor of that? that now, Bidioff does or does not have kids? I don't believe he does. I don't know. I've never heard about them, but I, I, I'm, I'm assuming he's just really private with his private life. So I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. I didn't think he did. Technology companies. Not that that doesn't. Not that that disqualifies everything, it just, but it just, it can inform people's perspective a little bit. I, I guess in a way, I mean, I guess from an anecdotal perspective, from my own perspective, I looked at the world very differently before I had kids and very much so before I had a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, and that, exactly. That's what I was thinking. That's, that's yeah. the only reason I asked. Parents, Parents number one. <laughs> right. Parents have to do their job, just like, you know. The children of San Francisco and of California are his kids, John. <laughs> <laughs> talked about yep. on your panel and number two if there's you know an unfair advantage or things that are out there that aren't that aren't un, un, not understood by parents right. the, then the government's got to come I don't understand and, the, and uh, illuminate that but yeah i don't understand that, right that if you want to pause there i don't understand the unfair advantage that he's trying to talk to about there he was saying if if parents don't understand i mean i, I mean there's a I, that's legitimate and i mean i know what he's getting at which is I mean, my kids are, it seems like there's always a new game for the iPad. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And I can't tell someone as well. These, like, you know, just take something like, I know this is super old, but like my kids finally started getting into, um, what's the game where you like build blocks? and this, this Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, it's still a big thing. Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a pretty safe game, right? Yeah, my, my kids played it. It's time. fairly creative, although I guess you can go Well, you do, have to, you do have to be careful because there are modes where you can get online with other people. So we have it locked down where they can only get on within our network and to each other. Yeah. So so even with safe games, there's still scary aspects. And I mean, I, there's just no way as a parent you can be informed on all these things. And so pretty much like you have to like somehow vet, like go read reviews or, or the parental guides on these different games. And it's just hard to stay informed. And yeah, so maybe we should spend a little bit more money on educating parents too. Just rewind on this, this technology. <laughs> rewind this a little bit so you, can, so you can say that again. Not understood by parents. <laughs> right. the, yeah, then yeah. there's you know an unfair advantage or things that are out there that aren't that aren't un, un, not understood by parents. Right. The, then the government's got to come forward and and uh, illuminate that. Well, you can see that right. right now in the food industry with sugar. Right. Like, I mean, for a long time, we didn't understand the kind of the the, the issues with sugar. Now we do. I mean, how long have we not? I mean, when, when did, when did, well, okay, well, let's, 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 let's take that. 
what what did the American Heart Association and the FDA tell us to do with sugar and grains and all this crap until a freaking doctor, what's the name, Atkins, had to write a book to say, you know what, these people are all crazy and they're killing you. Right? Well, that was the government, John. That was the government that was killing us. Well, to be fair, um, I looked into that and I, I, what I, I'm not sure exactly what he's trying to say. I think he's trying to say that the government somehow said sugar was okay, but the government never came out and said sugar was okay. From my understanding of what happened is that the sugar industry lobbied to say it's not sugar that's making that's giving you heart disease. It's not sugar that's making you fat. It's fat. And so they lobbied to to point the finger at something else fat, being fat, right, yep. <clears throat> saturated or unsaturated. It really fat, wasn't it, it, Which there was no there was no clarification on whether it was unsaturated or saturated fat. It was just fat is bad. Yeah. And what that allowed companies to do is go, okay, fat is the new bad. So we'll make a bunch of crap that has zero fat but tons of sugar. And in fact, they even referenced the Snackwells thing. And at the time Snackwells came out, I worked at a grocery store. And I remember people buying the crap out of those. Yep. You couldn't find them. They didn't have any fat. You we, could eat as many as you wanted, right? I, I think we even had like a security guard around them. The Snackwell security guard. People went crazy for those things. And and these weren't tiny people. These were big people that thought they were going to get to eat their, their yeah, sugar and, right. and with no consequences. And, you know, it's... Just, <laughs> You know, it's one, of, and I don't know what point he's trying to make because what that tells me is I shouldn't trust the government on this stuff. They get it wrong sometimes, and to give them full control over what I can and can't do doesn't seem right because they're not always right. They're influenced by other factors. They're able to be influenced by by groups with tons of money. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so Facebook is the biggest baddie social media out there, and so I'm so we're gonna say. Okay, government, regulate Facebook, and Facebook shows up with their money bags and says, yeah, but you're going to do it our way. Right. Um, and then, you know, there's, uh, it's, it's good for people to be informed and educated, and, you know, there's things like, you know, food labeling, right? That's beneficial. I read food labels all the time. But even with that, in that's, that that's there's, there's, some, there's some ambiguity that you have to understand. There, there are, right. And you have I, to understand calories versus kilocalories or something sure. like that in yeah. Um, serving sizes will get you. You got a bunch of serving sizes. <laughs> right. And yeah, because they can be deceptive. I mean, that, that's the thing. This can all be deceptive. And, and like, did you know that a package of ramen is actually two servings? For all my life, I've eaten a whole package of ramen. Yeah. I've, I've never considered that two servings. That's what you've been doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've never considered a pack of ramen two servings. <clears throat> I, I, was, I was poor and hungry, man. Yeah. I ate a package, maybe right. sometimes two. Right. Well, it's four servings. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you know, Government, you know, Benioff is, is, I think, is quicker to go to the government. I mean, he's, you know, he's obviously a, a kind of a lefty guy. Um, he's quicker, going to be quicker to go to have the government provide solutions for these things versus people educating themselves or industries coming together. Like, what, what's the? Um, it's just in the news. It made me think of it again. The like, there, there's, I don't, I don't remember exactly what the name is, but something like like the Reasonable Ad Consortium. What, what is this thing called? You know that they. Um, in fact, Chrome is going to start blocking any ad that's not certified as like a, it's not called a reasonable ad, but something like that. Like they, as a consortium of advertisers, they came together and made rules on what is like a reasonable ad. And so it can't, it can't, ha it can't be like uh, animated. It can't play video. It can't um, jump out of the screen at you. It can't be like ridiculous color. Like it has to be, you know, subtle or whatever. Like follow these certain rules. Those all sound good. I just worry that it's this committee that formed out of nowhere of... So it's basically every advertising, every big advertising company on the web. Yeah, so the big boys get to decide. Get I don't to know. decide the rules. But anyway, I mean, if you look at the rules, actually, it seems it seems good to me. I mean, I like the idea, but 
Uh, and also, like, I, I really feel like, I mean, Facebook pissed Benioff off. Something happened. This came out of <laughs> left field. It came out of nowhere. Oh, so, so we're moving on from a conspiracy theory that Benioff wants to drive down the cost of Twitter so he can buy it to <laughs> Facebook pissed him off. Well, think about it. I mean, Facebook is, is a big, I mean, it's an important thing to Salesforce, right? Because their marketing tools work with Facebook's API. And what's their, that, the whole messenger? What's the thing where you can, you know, the whole, Bots and and I don't know I don't I don't remember the details on it I don't know anything about all that stuff but I know that Salesforce has a lot to do with Facebook and so for Ben to be going on the rampage against Facebook something had to happen you know I wonder if it's um their business models I mean you remember when when Microsoft won LinkedIn and he he rallied for that data to deny it but also because Microsoft would have access to that data. And I'm wondering if these companies, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, basically have put access to that data behind a paywall, meaning if Salesforce wants access, if their social media tools want access to that, Salesforce has to pay a fee for that. And I wonder if that's gotten so to be such a problem uh, for his business that he's he's advocating for, for, for this kind of yeah. regula- regulation to try to kind of bring some of that cost down. Because if they can lose out on ad revenue then maybe they have to compete harder on... I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not making this argument well, but I, you know, maybe it's something to do with that. And again, this is just me talking, yeah, I mean, brainstorming. So it, it, does, it certainly feels like something happened or something has hit a tipping point with Benioff that... Because I just I haven't heard... I mean, I don't know. It's like it just I feel like it came out of nowhere. And the fact that he's, he's sticking to it. You know, yeah, and I mean, at the same time, he's, he's like kind of attacking the tech industry and the industry that he's a part of. I mean, it's, it's, he's a part of this industry. He, he's a big part of this industry. And for him to kind of step outside of it and act like he's not a part of it is kind of odd to me. And, and Salesforce is part of this tool chain that yes. tracks you, that puts you on a freaking journey yeah. and maps you. And and its goal is to know everything about you. which And also has a trailhead, which has got addictive uh, practices. That's true. Trailhead's very badges. addictive. People are too super addicted to trailhead. Yeah. Uh, we should start a campaign. <laughs> this will not stand. <laughs> I'm not starting a campaign. <laughs> Uh, I'm not trying to throw shade at Salesforce or Benioff in general. I'm just trying to understand this conversation. I'm trying to understand this line of uh, yeah. thinking and where it's going to go and what does it mean. And from my perspective, analyze it and just kind of talk talk about it in general. Yeah, there's there's big holes in the context right now yeah. that I don't understand. That was the end of it. He ends it on sugar. Did we talk about, while we're on the subject of Davos, did we talk about him uh, bringing up Einstein again at his staff meetings? No. They still leave a place for him. Put it, they prop his little bobblehead up in the chair. Uh, so this was also an, a CNBC article, and I think I was looking at that other interview, and I happened to see this article, and I clicked on it. Uh, and so this, this is a quote from Benioff from from also from an interview. I don't think it was part of this interview, but he says, "I have my top thirty or forty executives around my table." He said, "He said being Benioff," and we figure out what we're doing as we look at all all of this analysis. Uh, but now I have a new person with me, and it's kind of an empty chair. That, that seems weird to say that. I have a technology called Einstein. So Einstein is an empty chair, but... They have an empty chair and an empty suit. <laughs> uh, Benio said that as he, as he worked, worked around his room of executives, he would then quiz his AI assistant. I asked Einstein, I heard what everyone said, but what do you actually think? Uh, and Einstein said, well, I don't think this executive is going to make their number. I'm so sorry. God. <laughs> Benioff said the executive was visibly upset by the claim, but after Einstein had produced all the data, the AI machine was able to identify the problems in real time. 
I hope that's just a dumb, fun story not, that he tells. No, just, this is, I, I really hope there's not, there's not a computer sitting in the, in the boardroom with Einstein loaded that he talks to. And, and, and it's basically this crystal ball that says, all right, let's shake this up and see what Einstein says about your performance. I think he's being serious. I think this is straight-faced, man. I don't think so. I hope I not. really do. This is not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> he said this stuff before, and people he take has, him... I, I mean, but I, people you know, somewhat take that, him seriously. He said that on a on Kramer a took him seriously. Call. He said that on an investor yeah. call. That's when you pick that up. And uh, so I always took it as a joke. I always took it as, oh, we have Einstein as a joke. But then he, in this article, 2018 Davos, says he has Einstein in the room, and he actively asks it questions about... The performance numbers. I know he's been he's been saying that for a year now. <clears throat> Speaking of performance numbers, you know Salesforce just their fiscal year starts February first, so they just closed mm. fiscal eighteen. Really, I guess is what it was Q four. And uh, man, was that the year? Yeah, you can always. I I don't know. I, I feel like you can always feel that because everyone's because everyone's scrambling. Yeah. To- to get these big projects signed and out the door and implementation projects started. Yep. And yeah, there's there's a... It, Jeremy's busy. I'm busy with a ton of phone calls because of this. Yeah. That's well, a good problem to have, right? I'd love to know what kind of deals people got, though. People should... Yeah, info at gooddaysirpodcast.com. Just anonymously, you know, let us know. Well, I, if I if have you know heard, of any deals... That, I have heard of customers getting deals. I'm not going to expose <laughs> them, but I, I have heard of customers getting certain deals, like certain products might get discounted or implementation fees might get waived, those kind of things. Yeah. So if you ever want to buy Salesforce, buy it on January or yeah. December or something because you can get some deals out of it, I guess. Because I mean, clients will ask me like, uh, you know, hey, we're thinking about you know getting I don't know whatever like a full sandbox. Like what should you know what should we? Then they want you know so much money for it. What should, and I'm, I'll be like, nah, you can get them down to this, right? And I like knowing what's their what's mm-hmm. what they should be able to ask for, so I can give them some advice on that. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the advice? I don't have anything specific. Oh, we have to pay you to get it, huh? Free is my advice. Get it for free. <laughs> I really wish we could get two full sandboxes. I mean, for, for a oh, you proper... Can. You can. For free? No. Oh. <laughs> you for, can't even get one for free, for can you? For a proper cycle. I mean, it'd be good for developers to have full access to a full data set to build a test and, and do everything. And then it'd be good for... Oh. For QA to QA to have a full Cause, cause, environment to test and make sure everything before it goes to production. No, no, you, that would you be ideal. You can't get that because that uses not, not file storage, it's the data storage. And we all know that Grandpa Larry must be paid for that data storage. <laughs> well, come on, so, Amazon. Let's, let's fix this problem. Let's, we, let's get Salesforce we, off of Oracle so we can uh, we, we got, can, we got Daddy, Benioff, Daddy Benioff and Grandpa Larry. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Do you really think it's storage? I mean, that, it seems so backwards to come back to this conversation well, that's what of, of storage. You know, they 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 charge more for a hard drive than it's it's weight in gold. So, uh, it's not the hard drive; it's the it's the stack. It's, it's I know the, it's, it's the stack it's on the top security of it. around it. The transactions. Well, I mean, that is important. I mean, you basically have another environment with your data in it, your full complete data, and it has to be just as as secure as production. It's not like it's not like traditional environments where you have a production environment that may be exposed to the internet, but you have a development environment that's not it's highly secured around your firewall and yeah. you can do whatever you want with it i mean i get that much of it yeah i don't know you know i mean there's a reason why they charge so much for that stuff and it's because they can it's true it's the only reason because the market allows it fastest 20 billion oh i, I need to update my soundboard with 20 billion john 
You do. I need to find if someone has a clip of him saying sixty billion. I want the sixty billion one. (laughs) (laughs) He wants it bad. Yep. All right. So I'm not sure how I feel about this article, but I think it's such an interesting thing that I'm willing to plug them for it. Mm, Uh, Jeremy's skeptical. Jeremy's very skeptical. Uh, So there's this company, um, Brain Cell LLC. It's 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 a. I'm assuming it's small since they have LLC in their name. But it's a, it's a, I think an implementation practice, but they do not just Salesforce. They do Dynamics. They do, they do all these products. They do a ton of product lines, um, Sage, ERP, um, all these other kind of things. I'm sure they're excellent experts at all of those things. Well, they might be because what they're offering to do, I think next week, February 14th on Valentine's for all you sweethearts out there, you can spend your time on a webinar. Um, they're going to do a Salesforce.com versus Dynamics 365 CRM unbiased live comparison that is the biggest load of crap <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm actually really curious to see how they do that and if you know because they do they do do services for both companies that's so that's so reductive though do you no i'm saying that oh. the fact that you can do like a live dude these things are massive systems it literally takes at least on the order of months to do if you wanted to do like for a certain enterprise like a full com- a, like compare fitness for whatever mm-hmm. comparison between these systems. I, I agree. And and that was a point I wanted to make. I can't believe I'm pissed off at you for mentioning their name. However. <laughs> Shame on you. From a marketing... God. Hey, if something is... it, I, I think it's genius marketing. Next thing, next thing I know... Whether it's good or gonna, bad marketing. You're going to run an ad for that guy that offered us 60 bucks for an ad. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't this company, was it? Hey, we 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 tell me that wasn't that company. No, okay. We advertised Pega. <clears throat> That's because Pega can. Yeah, see, they had a good slogan, and that was a hook, and that was enough. Hey, for if us you to got talk a good, it. if you got a good slogan, I'm I'm a sucker. Well, I was a sucker for this Salesforce.com versus Dynamics 365 CRM comparison. I kind of want to see this. I kind of want to see how they present this, how they do it. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to do it. Hmm. But anyways, I'll put the link of the show notes for those of you that are suckered in, just like I was, and want to see the comparison. Oh, That's all I have because Jeremy yeah. won't let me talk about That's it. That's just anymore. it's total link bait, and you 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 fell right into it. It was absolutely link bait, but I appreciate good link bait. I don't. It wasn't, I, even, I, good. It wasn't even lazy. It it's it's, a, it's it's not lazy. I hate lazy clickbait where it says "see nude women." You click on it, and you're like, you, you don't see nude women. You, you know? click on those. No, you're not supposed to click on. I'm those. just. <laughs> I, I don't have a good one in in mind, so I just made one up. But I'm just hot, saying, hot women in your area want to gonna go on a date now. <laughs> I'm trying. I was trying to censor that live. Sorry, that was. It's kind of hard. <laughs> oh, so you know it by heart. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Yeah. Walk in and see your screen. I don't. Know, I, I appreciate really good marketing that kind of mm. captures me. That's what you because that's hard marketing. to do these days. You're thrown advertising in so many different angles. It's hard to be creative enough to capture someone's attention in marketing, uh, in in order to do that. So. I, and I was just thinking. Dilly dilly. I cut. <laughs> I kind of, I've been wanting to talk about more, we talked about this the other day, like more, you know, kind of hardcore, like Salesforce topics, techie crap or whatever. But I just, I was just realizing, I was thinking back, because it was at the end of the year or the beginning of the year, I said, um, I was going to learn lightning, you know, try to learn it well and whatever. And I just, here's the problem. I'm looking back now over the past few months, I've been doing nothing but, you know, like Java stack stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, the Salesforce stuff is, I've been doing has been straight up, completely custom, you know, view uh, Vue.js, you know, uh, you web doing React and mobile Lightning stuff. Lightning design system. Yeah, I heard that was the thing. Or what was it? What was the news that um, 
Uh, someone had mentioned that they they noticed there was a URL for Angular. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or and then also, um, I think it was uh, Roger Mitchell that said that, and I, maybe this was the worst kept secret ever, but that Lightning was supposedly built on uh, React. I think there was there was components that used React, but it wasn't. I, I think maybe yeah. someone in in the development team was like, "Hey, I'm going to use React for this." And yeah. They're like, okay, let's see how it works. Okay. And that's how. I wouldn't think you'd want to mix React and Lightning, though. I don't think there's a problem with it. It's just a that's a lot of code, a lot of stuff running at once, and I mean even oh, you just just, just, just React alone React, is yeah, the framework. size and computation yeah. everything is can be challenging. Yeah, and I think that's what attracts me to things like Vue and things like that. Is it's it's a less it's a smaller version. It may not be as feature rich and you know maybe enterprise ready for all these kind of different layers and stacks and right. abstractions and all that kind of stuff. But it might be simple enough for my needs type situation. Right. Yeah, and I mean, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. I've, I've used a little bit of, a little bit of React, more of Angular, and and more most of my more recent stuff. I might view is kind of my go to if I have the choice. I mean, Angular is the one that comes with everything. Like it just comes. I mean, whatever you need, it's like we've packaged this whole thing. Everything's here. Yeah, um, and it's not that. I mean, it's not you have to. T- you don't have to import all that. And there's like tree shaking and all that, so that you end up with a build that's like all pretty much like only the stuff you need, but. Mm-hmm. The amount of stuff they make available to you is like this whole thing, and which is kind of nice. I mean, especially that's why I think Angular works well. I guess we'll go and talk about this since we <laughs> we've gone into this. But Angular is, I think, um, like a lot of the .NET shops are just corporate shops like it because no matter what you want to do, Angular pr- will provide you a way to do it. Whereas with React, mm-hmm. it's real hands off, and and Vue kind of is too. They're they're much more similar to each other than than Angular. And what do you mean by hands off? Um, like there's just not near as much stuff built in. Like, oh, if you want to do, you know, oh, right. whatever, X Y Z, then play pretty easily. Then, yeah, then here, yeah. there's this other component that somebody made that'll do it, or you can go you know, use this thing. Like, we don't we don't need to provide that because that's not. It doesn't have to be like a oh, this is an Angular component exactly of this type like, situation. I don't, yeah. yeah, we don't. You don't have to have a a view HTTP component because there's like Axios HTTP. We recommend right. that or this one or well, you know whatever whatever. Right. Um, whereas Angular's just like nope, we've got it all. Use our stuff. Right. And and it's it's tested. It's yeah. it's compatible, you know. It's going to work. Well, it's funny you bring this up because I do have a topic on this. Um, I'll get into it now. I was going to save it for the end of the show, but I'll do this now. So you know, I've talked about kind of doing more deep dives into some of the features of Salesforce and kind of doing that on the show. And the more I thought about that, I was like, that sounds really boring. It sounds like we're just going to sit here and read the release notes. No, no, no. And so well, so I came up with an idea that I think I want to pilot. I want to pilot this idea. Okay, and I'll take the brunt of this. <laughs> But what I want to introduce to is a pilot. A, is a pilot, <laughs> a pilot, not GA, a pilot. Okay. Uh, I want to call it the Good Day Sir Challenge. And what I think that needs to be is a fun exercise that I can do in less than a day. I'll carve out a day, but I need I need you guys, maybe maybe you for this first round, and maybe the community to come up with an idea. You pick a technology. And you give me some off-the-wall thing to try to do with that technology. Now, my thought is that in trying to do that, whether I succeed or fail, I'll learn a bunch of stuff. Right. And I'll be able to talk about that stuff and say, okay, here's what I tried to do. Here's where it went wrong. Here's where I went wrong. And here's where, where, I, where I ended up. Um, so I thought that might be a fun way to not only kind of for us to kind of do deep dives on some of these features and these technologies, but also have something to talk about versus just kind of reading release notes and talking about what this feature is supposed to be and how it's supposed to be used. We don't read release notes. We're not that boring. I know. We we read the news. We don't read release notes. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I mean, if we're going to do deep dives on products, are we just going to sit here and read the release notes? And I I don't want to do that or read the documentation. I don't want to do that. So maybe the best way for us to do that is with a challenge. 
Uh, some ideas I had of challenges, which you may or may not use, is use the Einstein API to perform image recognition that identifies pretentious faces. Pretentious faces? <laughs> so someone making a pretentious face. I have to write a program that uses the API to, to identify uh. pretentious faces. Uh, use platform events to create an instant messenger. Okay. <laughs> use the lightning design system to replicate the style of X system. I don't know. Pick a screenshot from Dynamics and say, make lightning system design system do that. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, just off-the-wall ideas. It has to be fun. It can't be serious. It can't be a real customer requirement. Just something right. off-the-wall fun. <laughs> can't be doing my homework for me. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, no doing your homework for you, but just like a fun little challenge or exercise that we can use to explore a feature. Yeah, so that's, you know, like it's like a hack day. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that would be fun. If you had the time, if anyone had the time. I'm going to pilot it. I'm going to make the time for it. So do we, so I just do we all participate idea. or is it just, just, let's just watch John fail at doing this thing? This is, this, is a, this is a beginning of something. It could evolve into something the community does and we all present our results and we have a channel dedicated to it. Or it could just be this one-time thing where Jeremy gives me something to do. I try to do it. We talk about it in the next episode and we go, yeah, this failed. I mean, there are 6 million <laughs> Salesforce developers. I'm sure we can find a few that would do this with us, right? Yeah, maybe. So I'm, I'm asking you, what challenge should I take on? I don't know. I have to think about that. Yeah, we got to talk about it on the show so I can do it next week. Well, I can't. You want me to come up with something? Yes. Or? Off the wall, doesn't have to be serious, just something crazy to do with a feature. Pick a feature first and then try to figure out something to do with it. Um, I'll give you time to think. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's so while hard. you're thinking, I'm going to ask you another question. This is unrelated to this. Okay. Uh, so I was looking over the release notes and I, I very rarely look at the new objects they created, but this time I happened to for some reason. I think I was just scrolling through the thing, trying to find something interesting. And I happened to look at all the new objects they created, and I noticed they had a new object called survey and survey question. Mm. And I went, oh, crap. They're interested in new objects. And I just recently worked on a project where I called a class survey, survey question. And so now my concern is I'm going to have name conflicts. Now, my current code is in a certain version of the API, which doesn't have these objects. Right. And these objects are technically behind a paywall. They're free for the health cloud. But you can purchase them in other environments if you want these features. So these this survey tool. Do they come in with like underscore C or any of that stuff, or is it? Are they? Uh, no, they're straight out survey. <laughs> yeah. Survey question. Well, you're, you're so protected. my concern is right now if someone was to introduce that, I have name conflicts in certain cases. In some cases, the code will work because it it's based on context and abstraction and things like that. But there are going to be some cases where. At least, whether it's my ID tool or something else, I'm going to have name conflicts. So remind me, can you create a class called account? Yes. You can. Yeah. And then how, so, and then, and let's say you're in a class called car, right? And you... Well, don't you remember, you can create a, cl a class called test. And you can break test. I was actually thinking about that. Because <laughs> how many of us have, how many of us have, what was it you try to call like test.start test and it's like, it won't let you. Yeah. It's like, why? What's this? Right. What's wrong with this? So you can create the class and then you don't notice that you created a name conflict until later when you try to run something that goes, it gives you some weird error and you're like, what? Why? So that's because, uh, and, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. So Salesforce doesn't have, due to Salesforce's limited support for namespaces, I'll say that, because supposedly <laughs> it does have namespaces. The problem mm. is, is everything is auto-imported mm. into, into your into visibility. You don't have to say import system.test or import database dot uh, query locator. It's already there. Everything's already imported everywhere. 
Right. And, scope. and for background in typical languages that have namespaces, you can choose whether or not to use a namespace, which means that dependency well, you does have, not have to be You either included. have to import it or you have to use the fully qualified name. Right. Right. Um, so I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I mean, even if the, your, your, your code that has a survey object or mm-hmm. a survey class. As right? a survey class. Now, object is not an issue. I do have a survey object, but it's got underscore C so, on it. So here's, okay. So let's go back to the thing where you have, a, let's say I have a class called car. Mm-hmm. And inside that class, I say, I reference account, new account. Mm-hmm. What, should, what am I getting? Am I getting a new S object account or am I getting the new, an instance of the account? My, I have a class called account also. What I think I that's where the where I think that's where either the compiler or somewhere it it says I don't know which account you mean. No, because you said I can have. Oh, how, so you, how have do a, I you have a car dot account. Do I not get one by? Is there not one that's more higher precedence? Yeah. Yes. So so within the class, no, 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 that in, takes precedence. Yeah, I'm saying. So if within, you have an internal no, 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 class, imagine this. Okay. Okay. Forget the car class. Let's say you're at the anonymous execute thing, and you say new account. What uh-huh. am I? What do I get? What is that? What is account referencing? Is it referencing the s object? Or is it referencing my account class? I think that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I do know that I have accidentally overwritten standard objects and caused myself pain. Test right. being one of okay. them. I have created classes that were account or contact or account, thinking thinking nothing of it. Uh, a lot of times, I'll try to use a lowercase version, and that will cause name cl- name conflicts as well. Uh, is there- in, in weird situations. Sometimes it seems to work fine, and I can use account with a lowercase a, and nothing happens. And other times, I try to use account and it's it's causing issues. Is there a way to like um, scope or not scope, but like qualify? That's probably the better word. A reference to s object names. Like, can you say like uh, new instead of new account? Can you say new schema dot account or something something that's not going to? I don't think you can do that. You can do like s object dot account dot new. I think you have to do a scribe call and then dot new instance. Yeah, that's more of a reflection call, right? The new yeah. instance thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess... I think and that reason, doesn't even solve it because you still got to reference back to an account type, which may or may not be overloaded by this other class that you created. Right. I, I think that... I don't really know the answer to this because I always just try to avoid... You, sometimes even though you try, like you don't realize, like, oh, I didn't know there was an S-object with that name or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, well, in this case, I built it and everything was fine. Survey did not exist in the Salesforce world. It's not a reserved keyword, at least not as far as I know. And, uh, That's actually another good, really good point, though. It's a really good illustration of why namespaces <clears throat> are important and why, yeah, why having not every, everything imported into scope by default, why that's a bad thing. Having everything imported by because there's no way to there's no, everything's in scope. Yeah, that, and that's why when I also say, and other people probably don't may not understand what I'm saying. Every it, it, no matter what class you create or whatever, every other thing in your system forms an implicit dependency on that because everything's imported by default and you can't prevent someone from referencing your stuff right and so again back to dependency graphs and looking at a de- looking at analyzing dependencies everything is dependent on everything i mean that is the ultimate form of spaghetti and again and so basically what i'm saying here is there's no yeah that financial erp system you bought that runs in salesforce it is nothing but a giant Bowl of spaghetti. Despite <laughs> despite the best efforts of some really smart people, yeah. there's just not much that can be done about it. And you just have to do your best. But it is a pain. It causes problems. And I wish they would treat this system like what it's supposed to be. 
But no, we have basically the it's just a, it's like it's like VB three or something. It's like it's just it's basic or something. It's like everything's imported, everything's everywhere, and uh, it's just happy. It's, had a, it's a happy soup. I think VB had names. Why do you think they came up with the name Happy Soup? That's exactly what it is. Except it's not. I thought we came up with the name Happy. No, soup. no, no. <laughs> Salesforce internally came up. That's what they called their just the mess of their own internal org. It's the Happy Soup. Turn my I know. my question on I can, on am I, can, I really going to have name conflicts and what should I do to to an advocacy for I for can, namespaces? I can I can always ruin a topic. Jer- Jeremy plays uh, six degrees to namespaces when we talk, talk mm-hmm. Salesforce. <laughs> you can yep. take, take any conversation and bring it back to namespaces. It's one and, degree. Any any topic <laughs> is one degree from namespaces. Oh god! All right. Did I give you enough time to come up with an idea, or should we just throw it back? Oh to no! The community? I, no, I can't. I can't. I've I've had I've imbibed too much to come up with you know creative clever ideas right now. All right, so I'll leave it up to the community then. Uh, How about something with tracking the International Space Station? Oh, so use Einstein's uh, image API to <laughs> to to what? <laughs> study my your uh, study your Fitbit. <laughs> You're making Forget words it. come out of my mouth that don't make sense. <laughs> That's not hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, do you remember when we talked about this? Is random. I'm going to change the subject. There was the, the I think it was a New York Times article like a year ago about just what a horrible, horrible place Amazon is to work at. In contrast, in contrast to Salesforce, which by all accounts is a great place to work. Best at. place to work. Yeah, for. it's the best ever. Yeah. Um, no, just you know, I don't know. They're it's it's they work people to death, and managers are mean, and people cry at their desks all the time. You remember that? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you also remember that a few was it was like six months ago now maybe that Amazon bought, bought Whole Foods right? Yeah. Well, so there's a there's a big article or a set I guess a I series of news how all these Whole Foods employees are hating their lifestyle. And it's not uncommon to find an employees at some point like crying, crying over a, a cantaloupe display or something. <laughs> <sighs> crying over the melons. Tony man, there's there's more to life, you know. If I have to wait another day for my package, that's, I guess I'm fine with that. Well, I wonder if they're getting pushed really hard because uh, Amazon's going to replace them with Amazon Go. You know, Benioff's concerned about this. I'm way more concerned about Amazon than I am Facebook. And I say that as a ridiculously um, not dedicated, just active customer of Amazon. I mean, I, I don't even want to know how much of my money goes to Amazon every year. But I'm scared of Amazon. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just scared of like, not necessarily from a privacy thing. I'm just scared mm-hmm. of how powerful they'll come. That there's there's there basically is no competition left. And when there's because when there's no competition left, that's when you know you get monopoly behavior happening. When all, you don't, all with little to no profits, by the way, Jeremy. They just finished, making, they no, just finished their quarter as well. It, but in terms of growth, they're <clears> killing it. Yeah. But in terms of profitability, not so much. Well, they actually are profitable. They're profitable not as much as they right. should be, or people, or at least that analysts think they should be. Yeah. So, yeah. Dystopian. Is that is that where we're headed, the dystopian future? I, I feel like <laughs> we're always guarding against that. I don't know. It's like... Um, it seems like every generation has this, like, dystopian future. Like, if we don't do this, if we don't guard against this now, you know, uh, and, then, and then years <laughs> go past and we're like, oh, that wasn't a big deal. I bet. I bet Remember uh, the year 2000? The world's going to end. Bet, Nuclear uh, bombs are going to go off. And we're like, oh, this, this was okay. We, we did okay. Yeah. I think Ayn Rand could write a good novel about, a good about 2000 page novel about this. <laughs> uh, who knows it's a moment in time we yeah. do our best we have um, any updates on um, trail headaches and uh, the uh, the extracurricular no we're still working on it um, 
I I haven't been able to follow on the thread. I have a lot of life stuff going on right now. Uh, Are they still looking for stuff, so um, I think speakers? they're still looking for speakers. I think they're trying to still nail that down. Do we have a URL that works? Uh, we have a URL, but it does not work. I it's on my wow. list to get that done. I actually have the server up. I just haven't I haven't pointed the URL to the server. Did you just say I have a server up? What is this? Two thousand three. I have a hosted environment ready. Okay, with a you. theme installed. Gotta, I got to put I content see you, on it. I can see you. You went down to Micro Center. You bought a bunch of parts. You built the server. You walked it down to like software in Dallas and you, you you paid them to put it on their rack. You plugged it all in. <laughs> you know, got the server up, guys. <laughs> got to do some patches now. Got to patch windows for 14 hours. Then we'll be ready to go. Can I say I love a cold room? <laughs> I hate a cold room. It feels room. so important. You get the badge and everything. Yeah. You got to go through multiple layers of security. Yep, like two people have to turn the key to get you in. Got to walk up on that elevated floor. Yeah. You get frisked. That's fun. <laughs> God. In yeah. and out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, we're done. Yeah. All right. Uh, share us on socials. We love reviews. Give us a great review. Five stars. All the stars. All the hearts. All the love. Because we love you guys. And since Jeremy couldn't come up with a challenge for me, I'll leave it to you guys in the in the uh, in the uh, Good Day Sir Army to come up with a challenge for me. Pick a feature. Pick something interesting for me to do. I will do it. This will be a pilot. We'll f- explore it and figure it out. Just send it to info at gooddaysirpodcast.com. And John, if, if there's someone who hasn't really engaged with the Good Day Sir community yet that, that has ideas for this, that would like to share them, where, where could they go do that? How could they do that? Oh, they can go to our website. Oh, and, and what do they do there? Uh, gooddaysirpodcast.com okay. forward slash community, or just go to gooddaysirpodcast.com and click on the link community. There'll be a place for you to put your email that will go directly to us and I will manually, sorry about that, but I do vet everyone to make sure you're cool enough to be in the envir- the, the Slack channel. I will manually add you to Slack. And our, yes, our Slack registration process is proudly manual. It's like the, we're going analog, yeah. you know. Actually, there is a way for me to a link for automation. <laughs> I, found it, I found it, but at the same time, I've seen a lot of kind of spam come through. On that on that uh, registration, and I just don't want to let that in. Yeah, and it's like it's like you know, it's like a it's like ten a week or something. It's not you know, it's not like it's yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's manageable. We've just got, be patient with me. That, that's the only reason I'm, I'm mentioning. Like is just be patient because it is zero 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 three of the six million Salesforce developers. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to that I say, good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. So you channeling Mario. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. They should take a bow.